Hey, I'm Kevin, the student pastor at Shore Church again. Thanks for listening to our message. We strive each week to bring you relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To find out more about us or what's going on at the church, head on over to scog.com or download the app. Hope you enjoy the message. All right, as we continue the series, Not Today, Satan, we're jumping into the attitude of prayer. What does prayer have to do with this? What does it look like? What's going on? We've been in the Sermon on the Mount. So if you're, if you're reading the Bible along with us, in Matthew chapter 5 and 6 and 7, we are in chapter 6 today. So go ahead and put your finger there if you're using an actual physical Bible. Congratulations if you're doing that. Um, but we're jumping into prayer today. We've kind of shifted from this very philosophical, ethical, morality teaching that Jesus was doing in chapter 5 to the practicality uh, aspect of it here found in chapter 6. So Jesus has gone very much into this is how you're supposed to conduct your life, this is how you're supposed to live, this is how you're supposed to, your thought processes are supposed to be. And so just like in any time you've been told something needs to change in your life, the next question is always how How am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to live this way? And so Jesus opens a a different tact of teaching in the Sermon on the Mount to, well, this is how your life's supposed to be filled with generosity. This is how your life is supposed to look with prayer. This is how your life is supposed to look with fasting. This is how your life is supposed to deal with anxiety. And so that's where he's going to go in the rest of this uh, message. And so we're going to kind of sit on the prayer aspect of that this morning. And so prayer is a very, um, it's just an interesting topic, right? Some of us, we're very into prayer. Maybe we, we love our prayer time. We really devote a lot of time to it. We understand prayer in some way. Others are going, I don't really understand prayer. Am I, what, what is the point? What am I doing? What's going on? Does God really care what I have to say? You, we come on these, these extreme gamuts of that. And some of us are going, you know, I, I throw up a prayer every once in a while, and I'm like, okay, you know, if something really bad happens, then I then I pray and I, I carve out a little time for that. But if everything's going okay, then yes, if I'm honest, it's probably not a part of my life. And so we have to figure out uh, what does prayer look like, and specifically in this aspect of not today, Satan. And so I want to bring into this idea of how do we deal with um, the temptations of life the frustrations of life. Because remember, Jesus is interjecting how we do prayer after he's just taught a lesson on how we deal with lust, how we deal with anger, how we deal with um, our finances, how we deal with all these these different really, really heavy things. How are we going to live this out? How are we going to be salt and light of the world? And he is answering the how question with prayer. And so prayer is incredibly important to us. I think sometimes we also have this stuff built up in our brains that if I'm not praying for an hour a day, then I, you know, I didn't pray right. And so if I can't do it for an hour, then I'm not going to start because what was the point? Well, I, I don't think that an hour a day is, is it's wonderful if you do. Congratulations. But that doesn't, there's not a timetable to this, right? There's not a timetable of how you converse with someone you love. If I get to talk to my wife for 30 seconds in a day, then I want to leverage that 30 seconds. If I get to talk to my wife for an hour in a day, I want to leverage that hour. Uh, how is that relationship fostered? How is that relationship deepened? 
by leveraging the time that I, that I get to it. Of course, I want more and deeper conversations. And just like with God, I want more and deeper conversations. But sometimes I have a little bit of time to, to devote to that. And sometimes I have a lot more time to devote to that. Uh, we have to get in the habits of really stepping into that and making that a priority in our lives. But also, as we make it a priority in our lives, we're doing it in a way that, that our prayer is fruitful in that, that our prayer means something in those moments. And so that's where we're going today. Uh, as always, I've already talked about it a couple times today, you can uh, jump in with these, this prayer and the Bible reading and journaling and maybe your first steps in that uh, with the Next Steps Guide that's found on our website. Matthew 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 5 to 14. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Underline that uh, the reward right there. But when you pray, underline pray if you can, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, reward you. Underline reward again. Uh, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans. They think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those or forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive the other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. We've got some major words we need to define this morning as we step into this. I, I love that Jesus is like, don't keep babbling, right? As fully God and fully human, he doesn't want to listen to you go and keep on repeating yourself over and over again, I guess. I don't know. I just think that's funny. Don't, don't keep this babbling. Don't keep this wailing. Don't keep that. What are you doing? No, stop that. Be sincere. Be succinct. Get to, get to the heart of the issue. And maybe that's what he's really trying to say to us is, you know, get to the, get to the meat of the problem. I don't want small talk prayers. I want real stuff. If we're honest, you know, our dinner table uh, prayers, if we're honest with ourselves, they probably resemble a little bit more like small talk with God instead of the meat and potatoes of real conversation. These words I want to talk about today, uh, hypocrites. Hypocrites, Jesus calls them hypocrites. What does that mean? Hypocrites is really just a, uh, we've kept this, this, uh, this interesting aura around the word hypocrites, but what it really means is to be an actor, to be two-faced. To be able to have a face here and to be able to have a face here. What Jesus is saying is don't be an actor. Don't put on a show. Be real. Be who you are. Second word I wanted to talk about was reward. Uh, when I see the word reward, I always feel like a, a prize is to be won. Like maybe like I got this carnival idea in my head. And if I throw my prayer right at the toy ring thing or whatever, I will win the stuffed animal. That God will hear my prayer and I will win the jackpot of whatever I want. Right? And so that's how I've built up. Maybe, maybe in your brains you're like, you are one weird dude. Fair enough. You, you wouldn't be too wrong there. But I think of it like almost, and, and maybe this is the, the childish of my faith even, and, and something I'm trying to grow out of, and maybe you are as well. But I think of this, my prayers as, 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 just, as chances to throw things against the wall. And maybe if I'm lucky, I'll hit the prize, the jackpot, and God will give me my reward. 
that's not necessarily uh, right, okay? Actually, it's not right. Let's just be clear. Uh, it's not a carnival game. We're not just playing the, the, the prayer lottery. Like, if I just keep on putting in coins in, then maybe one time I'll come up um, the jackpot. That's, that's not what we're doing here. And so we need to reframe like, kind of really what reward is not prize, but it's your wage, it's, it's, it's a different mindset, not just, oh, yay, I won something. I got lucky. It's, no, this is the, the inheritance of a child. And that's a different mindset thinking of, of our prayer because I fall victim to that. Well, maybe if I just pray a little differently this week. He didn't answer that one. If I pray a little different this week, maybe it'll be different. If I pray, oh, I'll try this prayer. I'll read that book. I'll write in this journal. I'll do these things. Maybe then I can convince God that I'm worth answering my prayer in this way. If I hit the carnival prize this way, maybe it'll all work out. Maybe you're guilty of that. I know I've been guilty of that a lot in my life. And that's not how God wants us to see prayer. It's this next, the very definition of what prayer is, is prosukomai. Prosukomai. Prosukomai means to approach God, to draw near to God. If you have a toddler, you know what prosukumai means. Lucy right now will say, I want to cuddle with you. I want to cuddle with you. She gets her blankie and maybe one of her two bears, and she will come up into your lap and snuggle, and she worms her way in, and she can't sit still, so it's not a very uh, long cuddle, but it, it's this moment of just drawing near. And if you've ever had a, a little child, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those cherished moments. When we pray, what happens if we switch the idea of prayer from a laundry list of things we want God to give us to how do I draw near to him? How do I approach his throne how do I climb up into his lap? How do I nuzzle into his chest? So what happens when we reposition prayer from what I want to how can I draw near? How do I become a person of prosukomai? How do I draw near to God? This is incredibly hard to do. Because if you're listening to a message on prayer and you're really seeking out prayer, right, a lot of times there's an immediacy in our prayers that this is happening. This person is sick. I lost this. This is the tragedy that I'm dealing with. And, 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 and honestly, I don't want to draw near to God. I want him to fix my problem. Right? I, no, this is not, this is not what I, I want at the moment. But the prayer life that Jesus is talking about, if you want to fix these morality things, if you want to fix these things I'm calling you into about integrity and adultery and, and murder and lust and, and all these things that, that we've been talking about, if you want to actually become salt and light in those moments, you have to draw near to God. And that is a revolutionary way of thinking about prayer to me. Uh, it's a much healthier way of thinking about prayer. It, it, it removes God from being some sort of genie in a bottle that we, if we just... Uh, pray the right way, pff, it happens. Um, it's, it's much healthier. And so what does that reshape for you? Maybe that's something you need to sit in for a second. What does it look like if I change the way in which I pray to drawing near to God? 
How does that change what I say? How does that change the order in which I bring stuff up with God? If I'm drawing near to the Lord in that, does that actually mean I even speak during my prayer? Or am I just quieting my spirit enough so that maybe God could speak and shape my heart? How do I draw near to Jesus? There's so many ways in which you can do this. You can do this through reading a little bit of scripture and then just sitting with it. What does that mean for me? Reading a, uh, something that Jesus is teaching and just sitting with it. And saying, God, what, what do you have for me in this? This is where my heart's at. Reading one of the epistles, one of the, the smaller letters in the back of the, of the Bible and reading that and sitting with it and going, what are, you, what are you trying to teach me in this? Reading a psalm and saying, Lord, this was David's broken heart. This is my broken heart. This, this feels like mine. We can, can bring our different issues to the Lord in the good and in the bad, but the impetus, the, the important part, is, is, is envisioning, maybe this would really help you, is envisioning climbing up into God's lap and putting your head on his chest. Maybe, maybe for some of you guys, that's way too, too girly for you. That's like, oh, I, can't, I can't do that. Okay, think of somebody else. How did you draw near to maybe your earthly father? This is you. Maybe, maybe you need to re-envision, uh, go fishing. Go fishing uh, and, and, and just talk to God while you're casting. Because, listen, let me tell you what, Jesus fished all the time with his disciples. And so as you get a hook stuck in your finger, as something gets caught up, um, you know, you can walk through that and just draw near to God in those moments. God, Jesus was probably trained as some sort of carpenter. He understands woodworking. If you are out in the shop and you're trying to build something, these are these moments in which you can draw near to God. And that, if you want, need to make it a different kind of mental exercise, I get it. I understand. But the idea is to reshape who we are and how we're acting so that we're not giving God a laundry list of our wants and our haves and a, I need this right now and if I'm going to throw a temper tantrum if you don't, it's a how do I draw near to you in this moment because I want my life to be reshaped. I want my life to be reformed. I need it to be different than what it is. Whether that's with, with healing, whether that's with mental stuff, whether that's with our, our, our finances, whatever that is, I need it to be different. And then God's going, I don't necessarily care so much about, I care about it because you care about it, but your finances and all this other stuff, that's not as important to me as your heart issues, as how close you are to me. That's what I care about. We'll take care of the other stuff, but I want to know you, and I want you to know me. And too often we spend our time in prayer just trying to take care of the superfluous, the, the, the extra stuff, the, 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 just the 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 extras of life and not the real who is God in my life today. And so as we reshape that, all kinds of different things happen for us. When we make prayer solely about what we want, we cheapen what God's gift is to us. When I make prayer about what I want, it cheapens God's gift to me. Right? Because then I've just made God a genie, I've just made God a lottery machine. I've just made God a sugar, uh, you know, somebody I go to for, for money. That's, that's what I do. If I just pray to make things about what I want, I, I cheapen it all. I make it transactional. This is not transactional, it's relational. And once we shift to that, 
All kinds of beautiful things can start coming out of our prayer lives. Now, there's many ways in which you can pray. Uh, there's stuff we have here at church. If you're interested in hearing some of the other ways in which we kind of help foster prayer life, uh, please email us at the church office at scog.com, and we'll get those resources to you. But today I want to go through the Lord's Prayer. Probably one of the more famous uh, sections of Scripture. If you grew up in the church, you learned John 3.16, and you learned the Lord's Prayer. That's probably uh, what you learned very first off in your um, your religious upbringing, if that was something that you did. Um, but the, Or, you know, the Lord's Prayer you might have heard, even if you didn't. It's on TV shows and all kinds of stuff, right? But we're going to go through the Lord's Prayer, and because this is how Jesus downloads to the people. This is how you're supposed to pray. We're going to walk through it kind of line by line and say, how does that help me prosukomai? How does that help me draw near to God in this relational, not transactional way? Uh, verse 9, this is in how you should uh, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is showing us how to put in correct order and how we're supposed to come before God, right? Relationally, but under his authority. Our Father in heaven, okay? Relationally, my relationship with him is the daddy relationship, but who's, who's got the authority? God. Who's got, your kingdom come, right? So relationally, but under his authority. This is very, very important. Because if I'm honest, I've come to a lot of prayers thinking I was the boss and not God was the boss. Right? Maybe that's happened to you. Maybe you've been guilty of that. Maybe you understand what I'm talking about, and you don't really want to admit it, but it's, it's true. If we were actually in the, in the room right now, you'd be like, mm, hiding my face from Jared right now. I don't want to blush or give it away. Right? But relationally, but under his authority. The next verse, verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. Prayer is about trusting God today, not an assurance about tomorrow. Prayer is about trusting God today, not an assurance about tomorrow. That's tough, right? I'm going to draw near to God today. It doesn't matter what all the extra stuff that I'm worrying about might happen in the future. I'm going to trust him with my today. I am not going to whine and complain about the stuff that happened in the past, I'm going to trust him with the present. And Jesus talks about this often, like, don't worry about tomorrow. God's, God's got that. Today, be present with God. And so as we pray, if all we do is, oh, I don't know, oh, I don't know, the future is going to be weird. And it's, listen, it's really easy right now to go, oh, the future is going to be weird. We don't know what our jobs are going to look like. We don't know what the economy is going to look like. We don't know what our health is going to look like. We don't know what school is going to look like. We don't know any of these things, right? I just stressed it half of you out, right? Just your blood pressure just went through the roof. Hold on. The prayer talks about trusting God with our daily bread. The moment, this moment, right now, that we live in this time, that we draw near to him now. Not worry about tomorrow and what's to come and, and, and stuff might happen. But if I can get myself aligned with God to draw close to him in this moment and this time, do everything I possibly can to be walking with him now, tomorrow's going to take care of itself. Because when I get to tomorrow, what am I going to do? Am I going to worry about it? Or am I going to continually draw near to God and come close to him? This is one of those aspects where we have to say, not today, Satan. Prayer is one of those moments in which we can say, you're not taking my relationship with God today 
Say, no, not today. That in this moment, in this time, I'm going to say, God, give us our daily bread, the, the enough for today, that I could just be in this moment with you today. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not going to get distracted by all the other things. I'm going to be present with you in this moment and in this time. Verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. See, forgiveness and prayer are two sides of the same coin. Removing one will leave the other incomplete. Forgiveness and prayer are the two sides of the same coin. Removing one will leave the other incomplete. If all we're doing is praying, I'm praying for Kevin, I'm praying for Kevin, I'm praying for Kevin, I'm praying for Kevin, but I never forgive Kevin, I haven't really received the blessing of the forgiveness prayer. And I haven't moved on that. If all I'm doing is praying, but I'm not forgiving, it's like there's a lid on my prayers and they're just, I'm not letting God say, that's a big chunk in your life that I can move on. There's a big chunk in your life that, that we, could, we could bring that out, throw it away, and get rid of it, and we could move past that, but you're not forgiving. And so your prayers are just kind of, they're only going to go so far. This relationship can only progress so far until you start to act, the act of forgiveness. That's tough. That's hard. It's true. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. When the impossible is asked of us, God provides the impossible. When the impossible is asked of us, God provides the impossible. He provides the way, the forgiveness, the peace, the patience. How many stories do we have of I never thought I'd be able to get past that? How many stories in our life do we, I was wrong so much, but you know, it doesn't define me anymore. Because I tell you what, we could talk about story after story after story after story after story of how God has done impossible things of healing, of reclaiming, of removing, of, of reforming our lives because of our drawing close to him, because of working through this forgiveness and sitting with him daily, giving him the worries of today, not tomorrow and not stuff that happened 18 years ago, but today, that I'm going to be committed to this relationship now and in this moment. When we do this, when Jesus, Jesus is talking about these moments, this is how we reformat ourselves so that we can have victory, so that we can really live out what God is calling us to do in the aspects of lust and uh, of anger and, and the issues that we have, that our, our lives are, are reformatted in the ways of integrity and how we look at generosity because of this daily pursuit of drawing near to God, of not being a hypocrite, not oh, no, no, talking and talking, talking, talking about stuff over and over and over again, but really drawing near to the lap of our Father. That we cut away all the junk and say, God, I... I This is where I'm really at. This is what I'm really struggling with. This is what I'm really hurting with. What do you have for me? What do you want from me? Not a laundry list of, I need this, I need that. Could you take care of this? It's not a grocery list prayer. It's not ordering a McDonald's. It's drawing near to the heart 
with the creator of the universe. I want to live a life of prosukomai. And in this time, and in all the noise that's coming in, um, I think I'm more aware of just noise at this time in our lives. The noise of social media, the noise of the news, the noise of, of, of all kinds of stuff in life. Just, ah, it feels like there's a static going everywhere, and it just creates this anxiety. And when we give our lives into this idea, this lifestyle of prayer, what we're doing is cutting out the noise and coming in, in contact with God. And so that's how we're forming ourselves. This is how we want to live our lives. This is what we want to walk in. And so I want to call you and I want to call our church into being a, living a lifestyle of prayer, of prosukomai, to draw near to the heart of God. That that's who we can be in this time. As we find ourselves uh, turning off the TV and cutting things out of our lives and how we, how we deal with all the, the voices is that instead of turning on Facebook for the first thing that we do in the morning, that we, we come in contact with God first thing in the morning. That when we need a brain uh, release from whatever we're doing in our day, we don't just turn on the news, that we sit with the Lord. And see how that starts to reformat and reframe who we are and how we deal with the big, heavy issues of life. How we deal with um, all of the, the temptations and the frustrations that we have in life. Because when we start drawing near to Christ, this, this, this bold statement of not today Satan gets easier and easier and easier. Will you pray with me? Lord, I ask you to make us a people of prayer. That we be honest with you and with ourselves. God, maybe I've just been bringing you little things because I only trust you with little things. But I want to be a person who draws near to you. I want to stop being a hypocrite. I want to stop being someone who treats you as a slot machine, as a genie. I want to chase you in everything that I do. I want to draw near to your heart. I want to know you. So God, I just ask you to, to empower us in this moment to make the life changes that we need to make so that our prayer lives are vibrant instead of dull. And Lord, I want to urge, like, there's people that are listening to this message right now who have who've never prayed, never understood prayer life, never understood coming in contact with you, think it's kind of weird and a little hocus pocusy. And God, I just, I want you to warm their hearts, to urge them in this moment that they, they feel compelled to talk to you in the quiet spaces of their life. That you would make yourself fresh and real and relevant in people's lives like they've never experienced before. God, I think of the marriages that are breaking apart. I think of the, the health issues we have in our, in our church. I think of um, all of the stresses and the, the, the anxieties that are going on in this present situation, Lord. I pray for the boldness to approach your throne, to throw ourselves at your feet and say, God, we want to be near you. Lord, would you shape us? Would you hold us? Would you draw us near to you? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us at church this week. And a special thanks to all those who continue to support our mission through your generosity. 
You too can support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community by giving on the website or through the app. To make sure you never miss out on a message, be sure to subscribe, and don't forget to hit that share button to spread the word. Have a great week.